Sam the Cooking Guy, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Some call him a fool, some even call him a douchebag, but I say Greg Rempe is the greatest thing to happen to barbecue since Caveman. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how you doing? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish, what?! Eight I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. And just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome aboard to the Barbecue Central Show. We talk about barbecue and grilling things right here. Your Tuesday evenings live fire fun and frivolity show. Still to come on this hour of the program. Mark Williams from Swine Life Barbecue, first-time guest. And additional first-time guest, Jason Baumgartner from Smoke on the Mountain Barbecue event. It'll take place at the end of July, so stay tuned for that. Don't forget, you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Snapchat. Slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook and Twitch for a video feed. Slash RD Rempe on YouTube for a video feed as well. Also, you can now get an ad-free podcast feed experience if you so desire by becoming a patron over at the new Barbecue Central Show Patreon page, which is Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, Patreon.com slash BBQ Central Show. If you are an Apple Podcast user, you can get the ad-free show by subscribing directly within the podcast app itself as of last Thursday. So there you go. Don't forget. Coming up this Friday on the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less is episode 183, taking you back to July 2nd, 2013. And who else but show favorite Ted Reader? The Master Planker was a guest on the show back then. And before I was joined by Ted, I actually talked about learning a new way of doing a rib prep, which was putting water on the ribs before the rub, not yellow mustard or Worcestershire sauce or any type of neutral oil. It was water. I also asked Teddy for his take on this method. We also talked about the impending 4th of July holiday that was getting ready to unfold back in 2013. Getting your grill clean and safe, some menu items. No better person on earth to talk live fire than Ted Reader. So make sure that you tune in Friday to hear his answers and what they sounded like from eight years ago. And if you want to hear a guest or a segment again on the show that you particularly like, send John an email, J-O-N at the BBQ centralshow.com and he will do his best to meet your expectations well oh well you know what that sound means YouTube's probably hating me for using copywritten music but forget about that I've forgotten about it already perhaps you have they don't pay me so kiss off YouTube last week the third fourth fourth month of the American Idol Barbecue Central Show edition took place, and there was a lot of singing. Then there was a lot of critiquing by the in-studio judges, also Doug Scheiding and Rusty Monson, who have been summarily removed from the event. 
sat in as judges as well. Yes, Dan, I am still peddling the watch. It's right here. Don't worry. Love the watch. If you're just tuning in or you banished from memory what our singing sounded like for you, I have put together a very brief interlude to refresh your memories. It sounded something like this. Nation army couldn't hold me back. They're gonna rip it off. Well, I fly that plane called the Angel Flight. Come on, brother, you're with me tonight. There you go. There's your refresher course in month three. The semifinals, as it were. And then you voted all through the week. Voting closed up at midnight last night. And there were a total of 278 votes. By the way, that's 278 unique votes. That might sound like uh, not a lot, but I'm not a nationally televised show, so get off my ass. Secondly, that's the most votes that we have currently received within the show in those two seasons. Moving on to the semifinals, and I can say this specifically, the winner of this month's semifinals and moving into the finals. John from Michigan! Look at that. By the way, John pulled away with winning. He received all first place votes outside of seven unique votes. And out of uh, the remaining six, I got five. So, he did very well. Which leaves me and Jeff for the final spot. And after the votes were tallied. I am here to tell you that the person not moving on is this guy right here. It's Jeff Rice. Hey, Jeff. Hey, man. How you doing? Well, Jeff, I am reluctant to tell you that you will not. Andrew, you are not. You will not be moving on. However, well, we've I mean, we've really put it to the test. And uh, during our sound check a little earlier, I said, hey, you know, this is really the episode that I think might make or break the seasons going forward. We can get onto that here in a second, but as the votes are revealed and the judgment is levied, your thoughts on season two and where you ended up shaking out in this competition. Well, you know, I guess now I can finally say, I know what it feels like when you don't win them all, you know, I mean, I finally have actually lost. And on the other hand, I will say that everybody brought their A game this year. There was a dramatic increase in quality and production and thought. Um, 
I'm still going to, you know, I'm a little shocked, obviously. So I'm going to say that I want a little bit of retally, but I'm sure that the ballots have all been cleared and what all are you that saying that stuff. But there was shenanigans and tomfoolery afoot? Wow. wow. Well, I mean, I can't believe that the nation didn't come and back up me. You know, I mean, that's, but all right. All right. Well, I'll accept it. Wow. I'll accept it. Do you want it. some Under smoke protest. with those Under sour protest. grapes, Jeff? Oh. I mean, come on. What are we talking about? Uh, no, 100%, 100%. Uh, you know, Rusty kind of nailed it last week when I had a, a a hiccup in my delivery, and it basically, I the song that I was trying to do ended up kind of being a debacle, so I had to punt and try to bring something else that at least I knew what it was going to be. So if I could have got my first song off, I would not be sitting in this moment right now. I will be that confident and tell you nice. that I would not be sitting here. But well, Hey, here's what I like to hear that, you know, one of the judges here in studio said she might have gotten the thought that you were pretty confident with your abilities and you were mailing it in Mm -hmm. thinking that you were going to get voted into the finals where you might unleash the beast. But, you know, kind of horn dogged it into the finals and that might have might catch up and bite you in the butt. But that's not the case. You were being creative you were thinking outside the box. You were doing things that people haven't done before. And for whatever reason, the production didn't come together. Now, from a host standpoint, I like that because I was wondering if anybody was really going to put forth effort into this or was I really just strong arming people into this? And I guess what I'm finding out is that people are competitive and you want to mm-hmm. do good. You want to sound good and you're going to do what you can to separate and try and win, which means we should be bringing back season three of American Idol Barbecue Central Show Edition. Of course. Of course. Of course. I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm uh, not in the championship now, so that, that stings, you know, from being last year's champion and now, you know, handed a defeat. You know, I have to be humble about it. I have to understand that, you know, things happen, but I only have myself to blame, and I'm in it to win it. I don't like failing, so, but to each its own. That's how it ended up. You know, I I will accept in a very 50% of a way that I lost. Okay. All right. 50% is better than 2%. Um, (laughs) Right. right. If, if the offer is extended, uh, you would come back for a season three then? Of course. Of course. The nation would be so disappointed if I wasn't back. Right. I mean, and I, I think the central show enjoys me too. I mean, yes. I just let them down. I let them down, you know, and that happens and you learn lessons and you must, you should probably pay attention to the calendar, calendar a little better too, you know, and say, oh, it's not the last Tuesday of the month. It's the fourth Tuesday. Right. Of the, month. the fourth Tuesday yeah. of the month. Oh, I see. Yeah, so, All right. Yeah, well, we so. learn. And no excuses. We live and learn. No excuses. Never excuses. Yeah. We live and learn, as you say. So uh, obviously the right. invitation is there. You've taken it. So we'll see Jeff Rice coming back for season three. And you will see Perfect. him at the end of the month as a special guest judge as John and I will go head-to-head in the finale, which we'll see a pre-recorded debut, uh, sorry, duet, and then we will sing live for your votes to see who will be crowned finals champion. Jeff, appreciate the effort and the time this season, and we will see you uh, not only at the end of the month, but of course for season three next year. Perfect. Well, and congratulations to you and John. You guys really did step it up and bring all the barrels, man. There was not a unloaded gun coming to town 
last Tuesday. So congratulations. I'm proud of you guys. And, you know, hey, and now you know you, you kicked off the champ, you know. So now now it's up to you two to duke it out. So there we there go. You go. Good luck, we'll fellas. see how it goes. Jeff, Great always job. appreciate the time, my Never friend. Thanks so it. much. You bet. See you later, Greg. There he is, Jeff Rice, right there. And now it is John, and now it is myself, and we will be battling for the finals. Fourth Tuesday of the month. What? Fourth Tuesday, Jeff? Fourth Tuesday. Not last Tuesday, as he said. Yes, end of July. We're coming up to July. Fourth Tuesday of July, we'll find the finals of the American Idol Barbecue Central Show edition. Yes. Boy, do I have a live show or a live song that is going to blow your pants off in a positive way. Let me talk to you quickly about Primo Cookers as we look for Mark Williams from Swine Life. What do we know about Primo Cookers? Ceramic, yes. The finest ceramics to be used in these cookers? Yes. Patented oval design offering true two-zone cooking? Yes. Uh, Tripes. I not send him a link? Hold on. Williams. This is egg on my face. Stand by as I send Mark a link. Shame on me. There it goes. All right, he's got the link. We'll see him here in just a moment. So you have a patented oval design offering true two-zone cooking. You have more than 60 cooking configurations, if you care. You have a made-in-the-USA product, precision-controlled manufacturing, and, as I had mentioned before, the highest quality ceramics that you can get. Product updates for this year. New easy lift hinge reduces force to lift the grill head by 70%. What does that mean? 35-pound lift originally, now an 8-pound lift, which means even I can do it. Precision control top and bottom air. So now you have numbers to slide to, slide to one, slide to four. Not one finger width apart. That's not very uh, strategic and, and specific. Now you can go to a number. You can see all these existing upgrades at a Primo dealer near you, and they can go on your current cooker if you don't have one already. PrimoGrill.com is the website. You can also find dealer locators there. Primo Ceramic Grill on Instagram and Primo Ceramic Grills on Facebook. All right, Mark Williams is in the green room, and we will get to him here in just one second. You are listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. Be right back. Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. 
Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. And this portion brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet, currently available in two sizes with a host of accessories. Whether you're a beginner or professional, definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal. Visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. Don't forget about the new cutting boards that they just came out with. That's the uh, end-grained product, endgrainusa.com, which you can also buy over at pitbarrelcooker.com. My guest, first guest in the second hour, a champion pit master, and he has been building a solid following over on the YouTubes as well. Swine Life BBQ is the place to go to check him out. We welcome first-timer to the show, Mark Williams. Hey, Mark. How's it going, man? I am doing absolutely fabulous, Mark. Appreciate you making time for the show, and I'm sure a lot of folks are familiar with you both from the YouTube side of things. And your association, of course, with Malcolm over at How to Barbecue Right. But for those who aren't, can you give us a little backstory on you, where you grew up, and if live fire has always been a part of your life? <laughs> yes, sir. I'm from Hernando, Mississippi. Um, been cooking and competing, I guess, since like 2013, and was lucky enough to meet Malcolm back then, and relationship just grew from there, and blessed to be where we're at now. Did you uh, go to college or anything like that? Yes, sir. I actually uh, went to tech school, was a diesel mechanic for 16 years, so never would have thought I'd be doing barbecue the way I'm doing now, and it's uh, it's definitely a dream come true. Were you uh, over the road, or uh, I'm sorry, a heavy-duty no, truck mechanic? I was uh, all Caterpillar equipment. Uh, we've oh. done a bunch of dozer, stuff like that, oh. worked in the shop, um, built engines for 13 years, I guess, and... Was a supervisor before I quit and started chasing the dream. Uh, when did, so you got into barbecue competitions in 2013? How were you introduced to that? Is it something you like heard an ad for on the radio, or you just hung around <laughs> dudes that were into that kind of thing? About like everybody else. Um, back then, I mean, we catered a ton, and my dad, like, he was getting ready to retire, so we had a rotisserie, a big old hickory, and we had all the equipment, and that's when pitmasters were kicking off, and I was like, man, if they can do it, I can too, and quickly got humbled, got our butts kicked, and how I met Malcolm was, I was like, I'm pretty competitive, so I'm not going to take a whooping that much that often, so we took one of his classes and become friends, and uh, started actually doing pretty good and having a good time doing it. Mark, here, here are the similarities and the differences between me and you. Similarities. Both ultra competitive. Taking ass whippings, <laughs> I quit. You're like, no, let's let's it. learn how to become better <laughs> and dole out the ass kickings. That's where you're different than me. I'm like, ah, if I can't win right away, I just quit. So that's it. That's why I've stayed with uh, the podcasting uh, so long is because I'm currently winning. But as soon as somebody starts kicking my ass, guess what? I'm going to quit too. That's going to be it. I'm very easy to quit. So um, in regards to the competition, Mark, are you a... Uh, believer of one particular sanctioning body will you go across all of them what do you think i mean really in our neck of the woods most everything is kcbs or mbn so i have no problem cooking either one uh we've done a ton of seas not as much as we you know here lately but back in 2017 2018 i mean we were probably doing 30 or 40 a year um and just cooking and having a good time doing it so I have no problem. Like I'd love to go cook some of these other contests around the country just to see the different flavors and kind of see how we stack up against guys that kick butt every time out west and down south and Florida and stuff like that. Uh, Mark, can you maybe m explain or dispel a myth, which is 
MBN competitions are grossly more expensive than KCBS. And if it is, by the way, uh, make sure that you're setting the record straight here. I think sometimes people get MBN and Memphis in May. I, I mean, similar in concept maybe from a judging aspect, but perhaps not from an event standpoint. Memphis in May, right. huge, the build-outs, all that stuff, exactly. and the corporations. MBN, the sanctioning body, which could be found at any you know mom-and-pop city across the country if they do the, the sanctioning paperwork properly. Is Right. Or is it more expensive or not? I don't think so. Cause I mean, really you can go to MBN and you could cook just ribs, you know, um, it's probably overkill, but like if I, like we're doing Galax here next month and I'm going to cook probably 10 slabs just for the rib category. And that's probably overkill. Uh, but you could easily sign up just for the rib category. You know, you're not buying a 250, $300 brisket. You're not buying three and four port butts. I mean, you're buying strictly just ribs. Um, now, yes, if you want to go, you know, cook ribs, shoulder, and hog, you're you're going to have a chunk of change wrapped up in it, but you don't necessarily have to do that. Uh, since you've been doing KCBS, what's your opinion on things that they're doing well and things that you would offer up as suggestions to change if they asked? So my last KCBS, we have been, with me working with Malcolm in the Malcolm shop and the storefront, we've been slammed this year. So I have not cooked a KCBS this year. So I don't know that my point would be valid enough, but just from hearsay, I mean, we had a blast doing it. Um, of course, there's always room for improvement. That's any contest. I mean, there's so many variables that are really out of everybody's hands that you can't point blame on nobody. If you know, you got a table of death. I mean, that's, that's just part of the nature. I mean, that's going to happen. Um, I know, I guess now, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're doing a like a poker chip drawing now for judges to sit at table. And I've heard a lot of negative feedback about that, but I don't know if that's because that it's really inconsistent or if it's – I have no idea. We're going to find out in Galax for sure, but that's the only thing I've heard different since the last time I competed in a KCBS contest. You know, Mark, I've been doing this show for a long time now, and I've slowly trended more and more away from the competition side of things. Not all the way but in a pretty significant way because there always seems to be the same few complaints that never seem to get put to bed judging the board, the expense. And I'm not here to offer solutions because I don't take part in it, but I hear it. Do you think if these things were somehow non-issues or really addressed and put to bed that there would be a resurgence in popularity and that the competition barbecue that you knew when you were getting into it in 2013 would somehow come back? I wish to goodness I could go back and cook 2013. Um, we, we've we granted several contests, and looking back, we cook now way better than we did back then. And it's just it's competitive. I mean, right now, I don't think it's necessarily so much as the anything KCBS is doing. It's everybody's competitive now. Everybody's took a school, or they've watched a class on YouTube, or they've done something. So everybody's 10 years ahead, whereas you know 10 years ago, we didn't have that. You basically got out there and you got your teeth kicked in until you figured out what you've done. And then when you've done it, done it right, you were already at advantage. So now, I mean, everybody's been to a class and it's, it's competitive. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. If you look back at the profiles you were using eight years ago, has that really changed at all or not so much? Eight years ago, I never would have put sauce on a brisket. <laughs> really? And if you don't sauce, a, if you don't sauce a brisket now, I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> Is that the most ridiculous thing, like things that you were doing back then that you wouldn't do now? 
For the most part, I mean, right now, I think back then, you know, if we if you didn't turn a pork box in that weighed five pounds, you know, you know, we were filling them up. And now you see a lot of these pork boxes that it's just a couple of money muscles and literally a few strands of pork, and they're you know one eighty. Um, definitely the quantity of meat that's going in the box, I don't think is as critical. Um, back then, in our mindset, we were thinking, you know, fill it up, make them look like you know you're confident in that box. Uh, now it's you know strictly if it's not perfect, don't put it in the box. And I, if we'd have done that ten years ago, who knows where we'd have been? Mark Williams joining me here on the show from Swine Life Barbecue. SwineLifeBBQ.com is his website. And over on YouTube, he's got 29.2 thousand subscribers. So if you're not subscribed currently, go on over and sub up there and check out what he's got going on. Mark, I'm going to make a statement and I'm looking for your take on it. If you have a team, for instance, Swine Life Barbecue, if you are in a situation where there is both a KCBS event and an SCA event, but they're not at the same event itself. They're not at the same contest. They're they're separate. Uh, you know, maybe uh, two hours away from each other. Is is there a tendency in 2021 now where a team would pick the SCA event over the barbecue event? Um, I could see it if it is a single SCA. Yes, just because you're going to save a little bit of money. Um, if double, you know, and you're you're looking at two entry fees. I don't. I mean, it's still yes, it's going to be cheaper, but I'm going to have to lean toward the KCBS just because you know you're really you're spending time with your friends. It's it's a more drawn out deal. You're cooking four categories. Um, it's more involved, which I I miss that aspect of it. I mean, we enjoy our SEAs, but I enjoyed you know managing a fire, sitting there putting sticks on outlaw for six seven hours and getting everything. You know, really trying to nail all four categories. I'm going to lean toward the KCBS, but I could definitely see the SCA being, you know, it's it's very appealing to people, especially getting started out, just because you can you can get in there for a lot cheaper and a lot easier, and you're not having to buy briskets and buy ribs, and it's a one-day deal. So that's, that's definitely a perk for a lot of people. Mark, what's the current cooker lineup that you have, and out of them, do you have a particular favorite? Uh, right now on the back porch, we have a grill of grills, pellet grill. Um, we have just got a new slow and sear kettle, which I'm excited about. Uh, got a couple of PKs, couple of PK 360s, gateway. Um, of course we got the outlaw patio. We, I love, I've really become passionate about using a stick burner just because that's still an art it's still a craft and you know, you're still managing a fire and it, t- it does take a little bit more patience, but and of course, we got a couple of comp pits, and I'm sure you've seen some of them on Malcolm's, the BFO and Fancy. And I mean, we just enjoy cooking. I'm not picky at all. I love them all. Can you really beat the flavor that a stick burner puts on food? I've long had the, not argument, but conversation with folks that if I have the time and I'm not going to be running around with the kids somewhere over the course of the weekend, I'll fire, I'll fire up the Lang and burn sticks all day because. It's really almost uncomparable to the Traeger that I have or the GMG or the Pit Barrel or, you know, the other number of cookers that I don't have a fleet like you have, but almost. And I find that pound for pound, they all come up short on flavor because of whatever that Lang or whatever that real fire is doing. Do you have a similar thought on that? I agree. Um, There's something about just burning, you know, fresh wood is, you know, you're not. It's it's something it's something different about it. 
the biggest thing I noticed, I mean, the flavor's there, but on the stick burners, to me, the texture's so much better. It's a, uh, it sounds crazy, but I always refer to it as it's a gentle cook. Um, the convection, the airflow, the way those pits are burning the moisture out of the sticks and, you know, you're running different size splits. That to me is the biggest selling point on stick burners. You really can dial that texture in a lot better than I can on any other pit. And that may be just me, but to me, it's all in the texture. When people ask you, because I'm sure you get this question a lot, especially with the rapid growth of the YouTube channel, what cooker should I buy? How do you answer that? How do you take somebody through a buying process? Um, it's hard not to sell them on a pellet grill, uh, especially if somebody's just getting starting out. You don't want to, you know, say, "Hey, go get you, you know, a four thousand dollars stick burner." They get tired of fighting with it, or you know, trying to learn it, and they'll never cook again. So my thing is, get you a pellet grill, and you know learn the recipes and you know kind of see how everything goes and how like meats you know meats cook and how the protein cooks and learn that aspect of it and then step up to a weber kettle you know learn a little bit of fire management a weber wsm a gateway you know a simple drum learn the fire management after you learn the recipes and then that way you know if it's either you're doing it wrong or if the recipe is just not right um don't jump in head first and get a pit that you're going to have to, you know, manage a fire and you've never done that before because you're going to hate it. You know, it's going, it's not going to be fun. So definitely get something that you can enjoy at first and then grow from there. Mark Williams joining us here on the show, giving us some advice on how you buy a cooker. Not to be contrarian here, Mark, but I tell people buy that offset and <laughs> suck it up and learn how to build the fire. And learn how to take it up from zero to 250 or 300 where you want to run it at. Or better yet, learn where the sweet spot is on that cooker. Because especially offsets, they seem to settle into the temperature that what they want to run best and most efficient at. Giving you that clean burn of smoke so you know how to run it from there. And then, uh, and maybe it's just because of when I came up, like Malcolm and I kind of got into this whole barbecue thing around the same time frame. <laughs> so, you know, when I was getting into it, uh, Weber Smoky Mountain was the first one, and then I got a close pit and you know learned that whole monster. But I always felt like I had a really good understanding. Let me rephrase that. I always felt like I could go to anybody's house at that point after learning the Weber and then the close, that I could go to anybody's house, regardless of what pit they had, and be able to cook on it immediately because I had the background and the experience of fire management, which you're not getting when you use a pellet cooker. So um, no, you're not. You're right about that. Uh, but pellet cookers are certainly the, the the way to go these days. I mean, they're very popular. Do you think, out of all these cookers we've just mentioned, that ceramic cookers might be getting left in the wind at this point? Their marketing isn't up to snuff. I mean, certainly the product is good, but I don't really hear a lot of people talking too much about them. I think so. Um, I mean, I love a ceramic cooker. It has its place. Am I going to smoke a 10 or 12 hour butt on it? No. But if I want to go out there and cook some flat iron steaks, I mean, it's right up its alley. Um, we, uh, we help judge a local contest here every year. And the guy that kind of runs the contest that owns the property we do it at, he is a, he is a ceramic cooker dealer. And so a bunch of his buddies, they all cook on them. And I mean, you can almost pick them out. Like when they turn the ribs in, like I can almost tell you which one come off that ceramic cooker. Mm. Um, and it's, it's crazy, but, I'm with you. I mean, I think ceramic cookers are kind of, you don't hear as much out of them. Uh, not that they're a bad pit at all. I mean, I still I still have one on my back porch and I love cooking on it. But, you know, if I'm going to go pick one out of the arsenal, it's not, it's not going to be my first pick by no means. 
Mark Williams joining us here on the show from Swine Life Barbecue. All right, so I have some uh, questions from folks writing in or things that I had seen on your YouTube channel as well over the next couple minutes. Uh, a fan writes in, uh, Greg, ask Mark about this bacon-wrapped donut hole. He kept me in the running <laughs> for grandfather of the year. They were total greatness. Regards, Don Wadlow. So we uh, celebrate Don for writing in. Thank you, Don. What about these bacon-wrapped donut holes, Mark? They are the best sweet and savory bite that I've ever had. Um, this was a deal. I'm sure somebody's done it before. I'm not saying I'm the first by no means, but me and my wife are sitting there talking, and we set up a demo day up here at Malcolm's shop. It was my Saturday to do a demo, and I was like, we're going to do a bacon-wrapped Saturday. Um, and I love a good donut hole, so... We threw bacon around it, put it on the pellet grill, let it go, and then drizzled it with some caramel, had a little barbecue rub on top of it, and it is it is excellent. I mean, that that donut hole is like a sponge when it comes to that bacon rendering, and you get the perfect texture of a donut, and then that bacon is almost crispy on the outside. It is a perfect one bite. Are you using one of those old-fashioned type donut holes, or is it a regular glazed donut hole? What do you use? It's a regular glazed donut hole. I did try it with the cake donut. And it just, it, it was good, but it wasn't as good. Uh, a good, fresh yeast donut that's been, you know, fried that morning, it's hard to beat. The other thing I want to ask you about before time expires is the recipe and video for simple and delicious ribs. So if you could take us through that process. And, and one of the things that I wanted to ask you about or, or confirm is, are you a sprayer of juice of any kind or are you just a, a water sprayer? I'm just a water guy. Um, when it comes to spritzing ribs, it's just water. You know, if we really want to do some old school barbecue, I might throw a little apple cider vinegar in there just for that tang. But 99% of the time, I'm water. Um, I don't want to add anything to that rib or to that pork or brisket that may clash with something that I did and not realize it. So you don't have to worry about water. You're just keeping that bark moist and keep on cooking. If you use apple juice... Could And you start spritzing too early in the cook. Could you end up with a set of much darker ribs than you might anticipate? Definitely. Mm -hmm. uh, anything with sugar, you know, I've seen that a thousand times. You know, they spritz with sugar and, you know, I've seen guys make up, you know, Italian dressing mix and I've been, I've, I'm guilty of it. Uh, but, you know, anything sugar coating on that rib that you don't want it to get dark, that sugar is going to get dark over time. So that's definitely something to watch out for. Mark, what's the next video that we can look forward to? I think I've done a TikTok recipe last night. Uh, it turned out really well, so we're probably going to roll that into a YouTube recipe. It's going to be basically uh, bologna kebabs, but it's going to have whole pickled jalapenos, onions, pickles, all the things I like, glazed with vinegar sauce, and it's a heck of a bite. Sounds absolutely delicious. You can find Mark Williams over at Swine Life BBQ. Dot com and over at his YouTube channel as well. Great first appearance, Mark. Really appreciate the time, and we will look for you again soon, my friend. Yes, sir. I do appreciate it. I'm honored to be here. You got it. There he is, Mark Williams, right there. Swine Life pulling out a huge first appearance, giving us takes on competition barbecue, on how to buy a cooker, on bacon-wrapped donut holes with caramel sauce, caramel, caramel, whatever, and barbecue rub on top of that. Bacon wrapped everything. Bacon still the number one barbecue condiment ever, I think. Wow. Jason Bob Gardner is ready to go. 
Before we get to him, I will talk to you quickly about Yoder Smokers. Yoder Smokers, designing and building all of the products right there in the United States and building pride through craftsmanship and world-class customer service. That's the backbone of how they built the company. This approach translates into what can be a truly bespoke-style product that elevates gatherings with friends and family. They're honored to have trusted places in the backyards of America, from pellet grills to wood-fired offset pits or charcoal grills. Consistent blue ribbon flavor has become synonymous with Yoder Smoker's name. Make no mistake, Yoder Smoker's flavor-driven design is unique to each style of pit, and their team has developed their cookers to perform time and time again while outlasting the competition for generations to come. It's this generational thought that's rooted in the handmade products and defines the integrity of the core values, American-made quality, endless flavor, the benchmarks of Yoder Smokers, so go grab one today. Visit Yodersmokers.com and check out what they have. That's Yodersmokers.com. As we come back... Somebody's got a chance to win Black Smoke from Adrian Miller. That's right. So get your hot little fingers ready because you get a chance to win not only. Let me show you. Yes. Oh, I started to read that, if you can believe. This one is already autographed by Adrian Miller. And if you want and you're the winner, I'll autograph it on my side as well. Why not? decrease that value quickly like the Hindenburg. Stick around for Jason Baumgartner to talk about Smoke on the Mountain. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Show where we get stuff away, yeah. It's free and you don't have to pay a thing, that's why it's free, yeah. All right, your chance to win an Adrian Miller autographed version of Black Smoke. As I mentioned, I will sign it for you as well if you're so inclined. Send me an email and in the subject line, Black Smoke Rules. Black Smoke Rules in the subject line. And you can win your very own copy, free copy of Black Smoke. If you send me an email, the first one in, in the subject line, Black Smoke Rules. Good luck. Celebrating over 10 years of prolific and unparalleled live fire barbecue and grilling talk. And yes, it's still being done from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. And this portion being brought to you by Smithfield. Through the grilling season, get recipes and tips from pitmasters like Chris Lilly, Darren Worth, Ernest Cervantes, and Charles Cridland. Head on over to smokingwithsmithfield.com and purport and report your first place ribs and shoulder finishes over at smokingwithsmithfield.com. Otherwise, recipes at smithfield.com. During the beginning of last month, he heard Malcolm Reed go out of his way to mention a barbecue event in Galax, Virginia. Specifically because of the cool trophies you can win should you do well over the weekend. And one of the organizers of the contest happens to be a longtime listener to this show. And he hit me up after he heard the mention from Malcolm. I asked if he wouldn't mind coming on to talk about the event. Perhaps show off one of those trophies. So 
We race over to the hotline and welcome in longtime Centralite, first timer to the show, Jason Baumgartner. Hey, Jason. Hey, Greg. How are you? I'm fine. I'm saying Baumgartner correctly, yes? You are, All yes. Right. Very good. Um, good for me. It is good, yeah. So I, I'm bummed because I wanted to win that book, but I was too paranoid to click away from the uh, the link you sent me. So, Guess what? The good news is I have another one to give away. So <laughs> next week, make sure those hot fingers are ready so you can take place in the email competition. And uh, I'm sure we'll get a winner here in just a second. So before we get into the event here, Jason, can you give me a little background about yourself personally, professionally, and of course, how you ended up getting into the whole barbecue scene? Uh, certainly. Uh, so uh, professionally, I am an occupational therapist with the Department of Veterans Affairs. Uh, I've been with them for going on nine years now, serving uh, veterans in, in our neck of the woods here. Um, personally, I got involved with Live Fire because of when I was in my internship uh, for occupational therapy, I had one of our clients, uh, we were just discussing barbecue. I was in North Carolina at the time. And uh, she mentioned that they had done some competitions and handed me a copy of the bullshit. That was sort of my first intro into it. Um, grew up in a home that didn't really get into live fire much. Didn't do a whole lot of, uh, you know, cooking. Um, just was basically used to some burnt hot dogs and burgers on the grill on the Fourth of July. And um, so then I, I did I did what you shouldn't do. I went out and got a uh, sixty dollar Brinkman cooker from Lowe's. <laughs> and ruined several pieces of meat and stopped cooking for about five years and said, I'm, I'm done. I'm no good at this. I'm worthless. And uh, decided to give it a try again when I became a certified judge in, uh, in 2013. Went and got a Weber Smoky Mountain, found the virtual bullet and uh, had some successful cooking there. And it's been a, a love affair with barbecue ever since. So uh, been a, started as an NBN judge, transitioned over to uh, KCBS as well, and KCBS master judge. Uh, been been doing that pretty heavy ever since. Competitor at all, or just judging? I have never competed. I have never competed. I uh, it, it's something I've I've thought about doing. I've got a cousin that competes a little bit, and. Uh, Wanted to dip my toes in the water and be honest, I just uh, I don't have the confidence to do it. So. so you're KCBS judge. Is KCBS getting an unfair amount of flack year after year about judging sucks, table of death, nobody talks about angel tables, continuing education, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you're on the the other side of what I would normally talk to. So what do you think? I am on the other side of it. Um, as far as the the chip thing. Um, I actually haven't been to a contest yet where they, where Mark was talking about them drawing chips. I haven't been there yet. I, I feel like, you know, being on the judge's side, I feel like everything is as fair as it possibly can be, especially how they do the system at the contest, at least that I've been to where they try to mix in the judges scores that may necessarily score higher, some that score lower, and then you've got some as in the middle. So it kind of tries to eliminate that table of death, that angel table. I feel like that works out pretty well. Um, so in a way, I feel like they get an unfair shake. Um, but again, I'm not a competitor. So <laughs> I'm sure I'd be singing the other song if I was on the other side. Sure. Jason, Bob Gardner joining us here on the show. Smoke on the Mountain VA, like Victor Alpha. SmokeOnTheMountainVA.com is the website if you want to check this event out while we're talking. So let's talk about Smoke on the Mountain here for a moment, Jason. Give us a little history of the event itself. 
Okay. So um, pretty much Smoke on the Mountain as a competition started in 2004. It was started by a, um, a local restaurant owner and they had competed on the circuit a little bit and said, hey, Galax needs to have a, uh, a contest. So they they brought the idea to, to Galax and, and got the approval to shut down the streets. It's right there on Main Street in Galax. We shut down the side streets and um, they they brought it to life and it was the MBN only contest for several years and then in I believe it was 2016 they made it a dual contest it went um, it went dual contest 16 17 and 18 and then um, in 19 there was a little snafu with with reserving our date to be a dual contest and so we sort of lost our our date with KCBS uh, another contest snagged it with that was within 100 and 150 uh, mile radius and uh, so we went back to NBN only uh, the the patrons in city was they were uh, uh, sort of wanting KCBS back. And so, you know, we changed the date, moved it a week and got KCBS back. And then we're also bringing in this year SCA. So not only do we have MBN, KCBS pro and backyard, we also have SCA with a wing contest on Friday night. So, um, I believe, uh, to the best of my knowledge, smoke on the mountain, in Galax, Virginia, and praise the Lord, are the only two contests that have all three: uh, MBN, KCBS, and and uh, SCA. So, if you're a competitor, so a- I mean, that's certainly giving you a veritable cornucopia of things to choose from. And I would assume you can enter one or the other. You don't; it doesn't have to be both in order for you to take part, correct? No, we have quite a few that are entering both. Uh, we have lots of dual competitors. They want to take advantage of that, uh, you know, NBN, KCBS. Um, and then also we have quite a few that are doing the SCA on Friday night. We also have some judges that are – so they're they're going to compete in SCA on Friday night cooking steak, and then on Saturday they're going to turn around and judge. Uh, so that's pretty interesting to have some judges on Friday night turn around and – uh, or uh, some cooks on Friday night turn around and be judges on Saturday. The competition is certainly set, and if you're any type of competitor, a, a no shortage to keep your attention. What other things are going on inside of this barbecue event outside of the competitions themselves? So like I was saying, you, the whole main street of Galax and subsequent side streets are shut down. So we've got a ton of vendors this year. I think we're up to about 30 vendors. Um, so that's any anywhere from food vendors to craft vendors to we have uh, a lady that that's written a book and she's going to come and, and, you know, sign some books there. And, uh, you know, we've got a, a various array of, of vendors and things going on. And then we have um, at the at the very end of the main street, we have a stage that's blocked off. Friday night, we're having a, a very good 80s cover band. And then on Saturday night, we're having a local, bland, a local band that plays a little bit of everything. And then uh, Will Jones Band, who is uh, currently down in Nashville, up-and-coming country artist playing on Saturday. So you, you just flashed the logo for our, uh, our T-shirt this year. So that's uh, going with the 80s theme of, of the Friday night band. We sort of did a, uh, a Back to the Future spin on the, on the T-shirt logo this year, and I think it's pretty cool. I also see that Galax. This is, this, this is the, that's the 2019 shirt. So. Yeah, I got it. Um, I see that Galax is also the world capital of bluegrass and old time music. 
What yep. the hell is old time music? <laughs> so it's a form of bluegrass music. Uh, if you're familiar with bluegrass, the uh, the you know the sounds of of the mandolin and the banjo that that I have here behind me. Um, it uh, the story is that it that it started back in the 1920s in in the back of a store in downtown Galax. There was a fellow in New York that was having a little bit of success with that kind of sound, and a family from Galax, the Aldermans, loaded up and went to New York and made a record and. Um, you know, everything sort of evolved from there in the, you know, the, um, the Galax Fiddlers Convention was formed. It's in its 85th year as being the largest uh, bluegrass uh, old time music uh, convention. Uh, people come from all over the world. When I say they, they, they come from Australia, they come from, from every stretch of, of the world to compete in Galax, Virginia. And that's the second week in August. So it's a big, big couple months in Galax. Um, uh, so that's sort of, you know, you talk about the, the unique trophies that we have at Smoke on the Mountain. That's the impetus of that is that we are the capital of, of that type of music. So you see behind me, the uh, there's a there's a picture there. So you can see that's that's Feltz Park in Galax. That's Virginia. no joke, is, man. I mean, that's a lot of people. <laughs> you're 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 talking about a city of 7000 that grows <laughs> over that weekend to that picture that you see there. It's it's pretty amazing. Um, and I, I grew up. Uh, having that around and didn't really understand what it was all about until, you know, I go off to college and tell people where I'm from and they know exactly where I'm at. They're like, Oh, you have that big bluegrass festival there. And I'm like, yep, that's exactly where I'm from. <laughs> so, uh, I unfortunately do not play any of the instruments, uh, that you're that not going to grab so. that banjo over your right hand shoulder and pick us a tune. You know, I did take a semester of banjo in college, and uh, I had lots of people encourage me to give it up to not oh, not pursue yeah. that any further. So, <laughs> yeah, I get that. So, can you uh, can you grab that and and hold it a little closer to the to the camera? Yeah, yeah, I sure can. Yeah, I mean, that I is sure can. Uh, that is something else. I know if, if Malcolm Reed is going out of his way to say what a cool trophy an event has, uh, then that's it. I mean, look at that. The whole uh, I don't know what you technically call that, but the the face of the guitar has got the logo there 2021 grand Champions. that is the that is the actual grand champion prize right there in your hands right now it sure is yeah so that's the nbn grand champion and then um for kcbs we actually do a full-size guitar um that's the kcbs grand champion and then for the kcbs reserve grand we do a mandolin um and then for first through third in each of the categories across uh, MBN and KCBS, they get the um, the violin or the uh, the fiddles that we have behind us there. So, uh, Jason Bob Gardner joining us here on the show, talking about Smoke on the Mountain, which will be uh, what are the dates again? It's July twenty third and twenty fourth in in Galax, Virginia. And those of you that um, that don't really know where Galax is, so this is this is another one of our plaque handouts. But it's ex it's exactly right here where the uh, where the Galax leaf is. Oh, I'm going the wrong way. There it is. So that's where Galax, Virginia is. It's right on the North Carolina border. So um, fans of the Andy Griffith Show may uh, know the name of Mayberry. Um, that's modeled after Mount Airy, which is just south of Galax. So. All right. Well, that's a little good geography lesson there because most of my fans probably have no idea on geography. And now we know where Galax is. You mentioned that you have an SCA event as well. How important do you think SCA is to maybe an MBN or a KCBS contest? In other words, do you think that if there wasn't an SCA event attached to your particular event, 
you wouldn't have the same amount of interest? Or do you think it just is a, a value add to have it? Regardless if there was one or not, there would still be the same amount of people that coming weekend. I, th- I mean, I definitely think it's a value add, and I think it has drawn more competitors, and I think it'll draw more spectators down on Friday because it's quite a display to have all the stakes you know laid out on the table, and that was really what we were trying to do is is get a little more action downtown on Friday night, and SCA fits that bill perfectly, um, especially with the up and coming nature. People are getting pretty you know getting pretty excited about SCA. So, what's the current enrollment we're, we're, for the contest right now? As far as SCA or total or uh, total, yeah. Okay, so we got like uh, 41 teams total for the barbecue side, and then 28 for the uh, the steak side. So we're doing 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 pretty well. Is there a cutoff at this point? We are not cutting people off. Uh, we're letting it go. We're letting it go until uh, the city of Galax has has said, if you need more room, we can find you more room. We can shut down more streets and. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we're, we're letting it go. We, we, we really wanted to come back with a bang in, in 2021 since we didn't get to have 2020. And I think we're going to accomplish that. Uh, Jason, where can people go outside or is the best place to go? The website smoke on the mountain va.com for information or register or so forth. It sure is. That's got, that, that has everything on it. It's got, Google form sign up. If you're not a fan of the Google form sign up, it's got a PDF version. Um, it's got links straight over to the SCA site because we like to funnel everything through their site because they they sort of wrangle everything in on the SCA site. They take care of the judges and everything. Um, so that is the best site vendors can sign up there. So uh, that either that or call the uh, the Twin County Chamber office, which um, this event is ran through the Twin County Chamber of Commerce. So that's the that's the the people who I represent, and we put this on. I'm on the board of directors for them. So uh, we know Killer Hogs is going to be there. We know that Swine Life is going to be there. Are there any more big name teams that you feel like dropping to encourage folks to get out there and try their best against, or is that kind of a, a taboo thing to do? I don't mind it. I don't mind it. We're ap- we're happy to have Jack's Old South coming back. It's been uh, several years since he's been back in Galax. Um, I can't remember the exact year that that it didn't. And I think maybe our date change may have worked well for him because he was doing a, a cooking class at his place in in Unidale, I believe it's how it's pronounced. Yep. Um, that same weekend, and so he's like, I can't come. I've got a conflict. And then this year we see his name back. So I, I hope maybe that might have been you know the date changes it got him back. And then uh, Jonesy Q, Jeff Jones, um, he's he's coming. He's he's been coming to the contest for several years in a row. We've got one team, uh, Kings Cooking, out of Charlotte. They've they've been to every single contest, I believe, and we're in our sixteenth year. They've been there every year. So we've actually named a corner. It's King's Corner because they're in the same spot every year. So, yeah, um, you know, we've had some 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 big names there in the past. The Shed competed there for years. They filmed their TV show. Um, I don't know if you remember when they had that TV show. They filmed that there one year. I was actually on it for a few seconds, and uh, my country accent was so thick they had to subtitle me. So that was fun. Really? <laughs> I don't know that it was the country accent, but they did they did subtitle me, so that yeah. that was my. I don't know. You seem that. to be a a pretty eloquent speaker right here on this show, so uh, no subtitles <laughs> needed. I can understand everything. Uh, look, I don't want to turn the table. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say there was there was some uh, some drama on that particular show, and and I don't know if anybody thinks 
dramas fabricated. That particular drama was not fabricated. Their entry was dropped um, by by a high school student that was carrying it up the stairs. Now it was for anything but, and they ended up still winning the category. Uh, but that that drama was not fabricated. It was one hundred percent real. What are they letting a high schooler run anything for? They high schoolers don't care about anything. I I, I wasn't involved at that point, so I don't know. Wow, unbelievable. <laughs> Well, uh, all right, so I don't want to turn the tables on you too harshly here uh, from promoing the event, but you've been a listener to the show for uh, eight years or so. What's your favorite part of the show? Oh, by far, my favorite part of the show is you and Sam the Cooking Guy. Really? Um, I look I look forward to his segment. I look forward to that segment every time it comes on. Um, you know, I love everything about it. I love the banner back and forth. I even love that. I hate when you guys talk over each other. Um, I don't know. I just, it's something about that segment cracks me up every time. It's usually me trying to get on top of my own show. It's like he's, he's (laughs) taking over and he just won't listen to me. So now I have to play bully tactics, lower his microphone and increase my microphone like the old days and zoo radio one Oh seven. But you know, what are you going to do? All right. Well, I appreciate that. Look, if you're a competitor and you want to try your hand at MBN and you're already a KCBS cook or the other way around and you're also a steak cook, then Smoke on the Mountain in Galax, Virginia has everything a competitor wants. MBN, KCBS, and an SCA, and there's going to be a lot of vendors and a whole bunch of other stuff going on while that barbecue competition is going on, and it's July 23rd and 24th. So get over to the website, Smoke on the Mountain in Galax, Virginia. And if you come out on top on the NBN, you're going to win that brilliant banjo that's right over Jason's shoulder right there. And that's the exact one that you're going to win. This isn't a replica. It's going to go from his house right into the safe, and then it will stay there until whoever wins it wins it. And we'll see what it looks like uh, as it's prominently displayed in somebody's house or wherever you put barbecue uh, paraphernalia when you win it. Jason, really appreciate you coming on tonight talking about the event. But more importantly, I mean, eight years as a Centralite, man, I'm totally pumped up about that. I love the fact that you've stayed with me this long. And, uh, you know, for me personally, I appreciate that so much. And it's great to have you on. Yeah, I'm I'm on every week. And, uh, you know, those, you know, you haven't missed an episode in a really long time. But when you did, when you would miss an episode, it was always like an off week for me. I was, I, I, I didn't know what to do when I was driving. I was lost. So well, I appreciate you for for doing this and putting in the effort every, every week. No doubt. I appreciate that. Thanks so much for coming on, Jason. Yeah, thanks for having me. You got it. There he is, Jason Baumgartner. You can go over to Smoke on the Mountain in Galax, Virginia. SmokeOnTheMountainVA.com is the website. And sign up. You can do KCBS. You can do MBN. You can do both, which sounds like if you're going to go, why not do both? And then do the SCA on Friday. All the most popular things going on right there. And how about that banjo? I think it's boss. All right, let's work to close it up. Stick around, and we'll be right back to do just that. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Vortic Watch Company, a small batch custom watch manufacturing and vintage restoration company located 
in northern Colorado. They take antique American pocket watches, tournament wrist watches, their mission preserve and enhance the legacy of manufacturing excellence in America. In order to do that, they combine traditional cutting-edge technology, create unique quality functional timepieces with exceptional value. And here's the coolest part. Each watch that Vortec makes is a unique, one-of-a-kind piece. Vortec founded on the motto that America was assembled, it was built. Check out more by visiting VorticWatches.com. All the way back in the first hour. Who did we have? Do you remember who we had in the first hour? That's right. Robert Moss who has laid down the answers, the corresponding reference and documentation that a hot dog is a sandwich, and if you don't like it, go pound salt. We don't want to hear about it anymore. Then, who did we have on after our month? Mark Gillespie, WhiskeyCast host. WhiskeyCast.com. Subscribe to his podcast, award-winning podcast, WhiskeyCast on all your podcast platforms and get all the news and insights from the whiskey world. I plan to have Mark back much more frequently than every five years, which is what he was on last time. Second hour, Mark Williams was a first-time guest. SwineLifeBBQ.com. And, of course, we close it out with first-time guest and longtime centralite Jason Baumgartner from Smoking on the Mountain. Smoking on the Mountain. SmokeOnTheMountainVA.com. That's SmokeOnTheMountainVA.com. By the way, we do have a winner of the book. Wally Innskeep wins. Wally, send me your shipping info in a separate email. Just write book winner. I'll make sure it gets sent out to you at some point this week, but don't quote me on that. Big show planned for you next week as we get into July, of course. Malcolm Reed will be back. Sam the Cooking Guy will be back amongst a host of others. Uh, Perhaps we'll get a visit from Mitch Benjamin from Meet Mitch to talk about his new book. It's going to be great. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. This is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. Hello, this is Joe with Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue, and you are listening to The Barbecue Central Show.